to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Sneaky put up some Christmas trees and... Today, I just put one up at the other house because Chad doesn't like early decorating. And people who are listening, this comes out after Thanksgiving. So it's probably not going to sound like early decorating, but it's only November 10th today that I'm record- we're recording this. So it's a little early for Chad's liking, but I was like, I don't care. Some people put their stuff up the day after Halloween. So. And I actually know of a couple people who put them up before Halloween this year. So. Okay. I just, I got a new Christmas tree for the beach house because it's such a tiny little cottage and there's this tiny little spot by the television, that tiny little corner where I normally have a floor lamp. And I'm like, I think a little skinny Christmas tree could go there. So I got one. It's like 19 inches in diameter and I'm putting extra lights on it. I'm waiting for those. I don't have the ornaments yet because I had to order some new ones. And so it's just there with the lights, some of the lights, but that's it. So um, Tuesday stuff's coming, so I'll be able to decorate it. But anyway, I'm just – Chad's like, oh, that's really cute. I'm like, oh, thank God he didn't make a snarky comment about why is there a tree up. <laughs> that's good. But at the house where I, where I am right now, where my office is, I have three small trees. I just put up the third one today. They're small. But it's just bringing me joy. What's bringing you joy today? Anything? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say joy. I'm a, I'm a worried mama today. Parker's having oral surgery at two o'clock Colorado time. So, oh gosh. Oh, right now he's having okay. it. Okay. Right, right now. <laughs> this is a good lesson that he learned. He had um, a root canal two years ago that didn't take, and he got an abscess up under his tooth. And he ended up in the ER. I think I probably talked about it that then when it happened. And he called me, of course, from the ER because he still calls me when he's sick or injured. (laughs) It never really healed and was always kind of open. And he could constantly like push infection out of it. Ooh, that's not good. I just got the heebie-jeebies and grossed out. I know. (laughs) And so, of course, I've been like, Parker, you need to take care of that. That's your mouth. It's your teeth. It's your jaw. It's your health. Like, But he's 22, going on 23 this month. So he has not done anything. They kept saying he needed to have the tooth taken out and an implant put in and the whole deal. And he, of course, would rather spend his money on fun things. So he's just put it off, put it off. Well, now the infection has spread to another tooth. Now they want him to have two teeth pulled. And he has bone exposed now. Oh, no. In his... Like gum line. So he is going in today to have those teeth pulled and start the process of getting this all better. But for the last week, he's been really sick. It has gone into his sinuses and now into his chest. And they said it's all 
coming from his mouth. Wow. And he said to me last night on the phone, he's like, you know, I've learned, I think that you just have to take care of things when they start because they just get worse. (laughs) There you go. That is a valuable lesson. I'm a believer in learning things the hard way, right? You know, Chad and I would fight about that because I believe in natural consequences. And Chad thinks we could just be able to just tell them what to do and they should do it. And I'm like, well, you can tell them, but they're not going to do it. And then he like thinks they should. And I'm like, well, I mean, we told them, right? Like when they were little, I'd be like, get your coat. And if they didn't get their coat, I'm like, well, you're going to be cold. Not my problem. Next time you'll get it. So many times he would talk about his tooth and I just cringe because I see people that get horrible infections in their mouth and face. And I'm just like, this is not going to be good. And so many times I thought, I'm just going to send the money to do this. But then I thought, you know what? He's an adult. He makes really good money. He's got benefits. If mama bails him out, He's not going to learn this lesson. And unfortunately, he's learning it the hard way. But that's very good parenting. If he's like his mom at all, sometimes she has to learn things the hard way. (laughs) That's the best kind of lesson, though. I mean, you do not forget it. And my favorite is when Will will come back with, oh, gosh, you really were right about that. I'm like, yeah, I was right about that. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. He had a very adult week. He told me, too, his eyes were bothering him. And so he decided to go to the eye doctor and found out he needs glasses. Oh, gosh. So he's like, glasses. I went and got a checkup. Now I'm having my mouth taken care of. He's like, it's been a week of health. He's like, and I won't let things go so long next time. I'm like, good deal. Good deal. Yay. Good lesson. (laughs) Well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. And today we have a good news story and shout out for somebody we all know, our very own Jen Stevens. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) So Diane sent the following email. She said, I've been fasting for around four years. I came across and started reading Jen's stuff and I never stopped. Some days I do an 18-6 protocol, and some days I do OMAD, sometimes longer fasts. For those of you who are not fasters, 18-6 means she fasts for 18 hours and eats in a six-hour window. OMAD means she eats one meal a day. Anyway, she says, I have had body recomposition and a ton of healing, such as scars and allergies resolving, skin tags disappearing, but no weight loss. I always thought, oh, well, I must still have healing to do. And then I found out I have MS. But my last two brain MRIs showed no new lesions, which is fabulous for MS. I know I will forever do some sort of fasting and quite frankly, appetite correction kicked in and I can't imagine ever eating three meals a day ever again. The healing is amazing and crucial for MS. Thanks, Jen. Oh, well, thank you, Diane, for sending that in. And, you know, the healing really is the best. And you just never know what's happening behind the scenes. That's right. I mean, we've heard of people who didn't lose weight, didn't lose weight and had breast, ended up having- Right. That was the story I was going to tell. Someone who was was losing weight, I think, and then stopped losing weight. And then it's like, why did this quit working? And then found out that she had breast cancer. But, you know, the, the, the fasting was working on something else at that time because you were sick. Your body prioritizes healing and, and what needs to happen. So you just don't know. Or like our, our good friend Roxy that we know and love that she wasn't losing weight, wasn't losing weight. But- It was clearing out her fatty liver. So intermittent fasting is amazing. I will never, never not do it. Well, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story. 
or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson this week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that I love and that helps make it possible for us to bring you this podcast. So you all know I have a puppy. Well, she's not a puppy. She's a year old now, but she's still my puppy, Lulu. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know Lulu. So Lulu, we actually got from a breeder. We thought she was one kind of dog and turns out she was not that dog. So we kind of wanted to know exactly what she was. And uh, we did a DNA test on her. It was kind of, it was fun. And um, it helped us to get to know her and like her breed and like the temperament of her breed. It helped us understand her a little bit better. So we used a company called Embark DNA. And not only did we find out that she is 52% English Bulldog and she, like we got to see, like it does a family tree, just like Ancestry DNA does or 23andMe does. So we could see like her Bulldog cousin who like lives in Missouri and had the exact same coloring as her and right down to the blue eyes. And the way she lays, she lays kind of like a frog. And there's a picture of this dog that was laying just like her. It's just fun to see if you're an animal lover like I am. It was fun to see. We got to see ancestors on both sides of her family tree, her mom and her dad's side of the family tree. And so this test, it tests more breeds than any other test. They have over 350 breeds, types and varieties that include wolf, coyote, and village dog ancestry. And together, these breeds cover over 98% of dogs in America. They are the most accurate dog DNA test on the market. Their breed and health test, which is what we did, tests for 210 health risks. It analyzes over 220,000 genetic markers. It is the highest reviewed dog DNA test on leading consumer sites like Amazon.com. And it's the world's only canine DNA relative finder. It was developed by veterinarians, and it includes a detailed vet report for pet parents to send to your veterinarian in order to provide the best care possible. And we have a special link in show notes for Life Lessons listeners, and um, you can go there and take advantage of a special offer and learn more about your pet. So now it's time for our Life Lesson of the Week. So we've had a lot of requests for an episode discussing people's favorite hobbies, and I'm going to be honest, I had no idea there were so many different varied hobbies. I was really amazed when I was reading through some of these. I think we get busy just living lives, I do, getting through the daily grind. And at some point, we realize that we have gotten away from joy and recreation and creating memories. When people get to that point, either through burnout or a change in their status, such as kids leaving home or retirement, they're often at a loss as to what they should do with their time. We are going through that right now. Not me. I got plenty to do. I'm busy. I'm <laughs> I'm working hard and I love what I'm doing. But Chad's like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I don't know. You got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. Don't ask me. But it's a struggle. Well, he might need to listen to this episode. Well, here we because go. Because people like Chad, they don't know where to start. They've been busy, 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 work, work, work. And now they have this free time and they're like, what do I do for joy? So before we get into discussing favorite hobbies, let's talk about why they are important. Various research demonstrates that hobbies are important for many reasons. In one study, 75% of participants had lower cortisol, the stress hormone, after spending time creating art. 
It's also known that when people spend time participating in hobbies that they enjoy, that they have improved mental health. One theory is that participating in enjoyable activities increases dopamine, the feel-good neurotransmitter. More dopamine, more pleasure. Couple that with less stress, and it's not a wonder why mental health improved when participants actively spent time participating in hobbies. In longevity research, they have found that people who spend time enjoying hobbies throughout their life, and especially in their later years, live longer, sometimes even adding decades to people's lives. So that is pretty powerful inspiration to find and participate in a hobby that you enjoy. Jen, do you have hobbies? You know that saying, you know, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, that I, my hobbies are managing a community and podcasting. Like really, that's what I do. I enjoy it. I love creating. I love writing. You know, writing used to be something I did for fun when I was a little girl. I wrote. Also, as I was an adult, every now and then I would outline a book. Like, I don't know if you knew that about me (laughs) when I was going through whatever it was. I outlined several books, like, you know, something about when, when I was going through Will and his food allergy, food sensitivity, chemical sensitivity years. I was like, outlined a whole book. Or was it a way to organize your thoughts? Well, I thought I wanted to write a book. But the thing is, is that it's really hard to write a book and to get it published by a traditional publisher. And that was before the days of self-publishing through, you know, these platforms. I mean, you could self-publish back then, but you had to print them yourself and distribute them. Now, Amazon, they do all that. You could put up a book in five minutes. Anybody could and self-publish it. But that was a hobby. But now I I literally, what I do that I love, they're my hobbies. I guess walking on the beach is a hobby of mine. But I used to read a lot. I don't know if that would be considered a hobby, but it was what I, I love to read. Like, for example, I read a lot of um, mysteries or, you know, I would read, read fiction. So, you know, I'm sure one day I'll have, have some other hobbies, but, you know, home decorating has been kind of a hobby of mine. You know, sometimes I think, I don't have hobbies anymore because I think back and my old hobbies were hiking and walking and biking and kayaking. And I, they were all outdoor hobbies. And I worked out constantly. And that was my hobby. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. And I'm like, I feel like I'm busy all the time. But when I sit down and I think, what could I remove from my ba- life that like doesn't bring me joy? There's nothing. Like, I love the podcast. Yes, it's work. But it's also something I really enjoy. And it's like, it's fun. It's fun. Like talking to you and our guests every week and intermittent fasting stories. I just recorded an intermittent fasting stories before we started with us, ours today. It's fun. Like I get excited. Like I come over here. It's like I'm in a new place and I get to talk <laughs> to people. And it enriches your life just like any hobby does. So like I think sometimes like, oh, I need to make more time to do this or to do that or, you know, to work out or to hike outside more. But my hobbies have just changed and like it's true in the communities a lot. And, and that's, I love it. Like I love working in the community and talking to people and like looking at their dinner and seeing how they're doing and giving them advice. You know, I think back before I had Facebook communities, I, of course I was a mom. That was like the ultimate <laughs> hobby, <laughs> but not a hobby. You know what I mean? But I didn't have time for hobbies, but I was in the junior league when I was in Augusta. I did the junior league for a while before I had communities and that, you know, that was a hobby community service doing things like that, going to the meetings and you did some community volunteer. service, yeah. volunteering. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you know, one day if I ever stop podcasting and stop running communities, I will volunteer in the community. 
I might go to schools and volunteer in schools and and stuff like that where you know, Chad actually said, how can I do some things with like delivering things to old people? I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you see about that? Nails on wheels. Something like that. He, I think he would really be great at that and he would enjoy it. So you're right. Meals on wheels, that might be something. But he brought that up. Um, and then I like tried to get him to do Instacart. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Or taking people to doctor's appointments. Like he would be really patient and good with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll find something. He's starting to think about it. So so we went to this new little restaurant, the little Cajun Creole restaurant. And we live in a small area. So little local restaurants, they don't often survive. And um, they were looking for some help to wait tables. They're only open from like three to seven or four to seven or something in the evening, very short hours. And I told Eric, I should get a job up here. And then I started looking at my life and I'm like, let's see, Tuesday's my husband's off. Wednesday, I record the podcast. Fridays, I get Avery. And I'm like, well, that leaves Thursday evenings. (laughs) I was like, I wonder if they need help one, but I would do it not for the money, just to like be active in the community and get to know people. You know, waiting tables is a lot of fun. That's how Chad and I met. We were waiting tables, but I actually liked it. You know, Chad says he liked it because it brought him out of his shell a little bit. Kind of forced him to interact with people. Yes. Mm -hmm. It taught him a lot of things. That's why he is grateful that he did it. But I loved it. I love talking to people and making them happy and getting them what they wanted and recommending things. See, that's what I told my husband. I said I would never get annoyed with somebody when they ordered something a specific way because I get that. (laughs) Yeah, and it needs to be right. I I was a great server. So I don't know. Stay tuned. I might be a server before this year's up. We'll see. Well, we polled the community asking them the following questions. Share with our listeners what your favorite hobbies or activities are. How did you get started? Why do you enjoy it? And where would a listener turn to get started? How do they begin? So hopefully after listening today, you will be inspired to pick up a new hobby and take some time to relax, unwind, and play more. After all, we can all use more joy in our lives. So the first submission is from Rachel Nakati from Botswana. And hello, Rachel. Sherry and hello, I both Rachel. know you. She <laughs> went on the, the first Delay Don't Deny cruise that was in 2018. She brought her beautiful daughter with her. And she's also been on intermittent fasting stories. But she says, the first is crocheting. During the pandemic, I returned to a pastime I had enjoyed as a child. Due to the prevalence of online trainings, I often found myself mindlessly flipping through my phone. So I took up crocheting as a form of self-therapy to break the pattern. By watching tutorials on YouTube, I was reminded of the possibility of creating new patterns. And she said, second, a green thumb in the garden. We stayed inside a lot because of the pandemic, so I've set aside time every Monday morning and Friday afternoon to tend to my vegetable and rose gardens, respectively. That's great. I know. I love and that. Some, and some time outside. Yeah, that, that's something Chad has really missed when we moved because... Um, Puttering in the garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a beach house doesn't need as much attention outside because it's like, you know, sand and beachy stuff, so... Audrey from Hampshire, England. Is it Hampshire? I think it's Hampshire, like New Hampshire. Hampshire. I don't know. Okay. She said, sorry, Audrey. She said, during lockdown, I started dancing in the garden, listening to my music on my headphones to get a break from my family as we are all trapped at home together. I know I could do this inside, but I love the fresh air, even in the rain. I love the fact that it gets my heart rate up, but I never injure myself like I always do when I try to run. 
I did get a few comments from neighbors poking fun at me, but you know what? I genuinely don't care and no one has mentioned it to me in a long time. My family laughs at me, but it makes me happy. So hey ho, I'm getting fitter because I'm doing something I enjoy. And best of all, I don't have to travel to a gym and pay money to someone else. That's funny. That reminds me of when I would hula hoop in the backyard in my bathing suit. So I'd be like out there trying to get some sun. This is when we lived in Augusta and I would be hula mm-hmm. hooping in the backyard and it was fun and I'm getting sun and I liked it. But you know, I don't know if any of the neighbors saw me, but I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I drag my rebounder out to the driveway to jump and I'll put on a swimsuit and get sun and rebound. And I told somebody else that to do that, they are talking about never having time to go outside, but I knew they rebounded. I said, take your rebounder outside and rebound outside. And she was like, I would never rebound outside. People would see me. And I'm like, I don't care who sees me. (laughs) My male lady finally one day said, can I ask you what it is you do? And guess what? She bought a rebounder. Love it. Love it. So anyway. <laughs> and we have a link to our rebounders. If you go to the shop with us tab at lifelessonscommunity.com, you can get a Bellacon a rebounder as well. It's a great hobby. It really is. It's so much fun. And it's great for your pelvic floor. It is. Your whole core. And everything. Yep. All right. Karen from Connecticut. She said, I took up sewing. I sewed earlier in my life, but decided to renew my interest. I was taught by my mom in my teens. Now there are so many amazing videos online or through blogs to learn techniques. I wanted to do something creative, and this fulfills that itch. If I were a beginner, I would start with some basic projects again. Many are available online. Articles of clothing, such as simple t-shirts, PJ pants, or household items like pillows or table runners. The possibilities are literally endless. You can buy a simple machine for under $100. Fabric can be expensive, but again, lots of ideas online for saving money. I find it relaxing, and I love wearing my creations. Did you know that I used to do that, Sherry? I used to sew. I did not know that. I made all my own curtains for years, like for so many houses. Even the house on Lake Forest Drive, that the first house you came to visit we lived in in Augusta, I made those curtains, all of them. I even made our bed skirt and our pillow shams. So I used to sew, and then I went through an embroidering phase. I had an embroidery machine, and I would monogram stuff. <laughs> like we all had monogram pillowcases for a while. But here's the the and I loved it. It was so rewarding to do that. But you really need to take the spend the money on an expensive. Yeah, one. if you're going to do monogramming. Well, yes, because quality made such a difference. I had an inexpensive embroidery machine, and it wasn't great. So if I'd had a better one, it wouldn't have been as frustrating. So I finally just like gave that away. And then I also had, I think I started with a silhouette and then I got a cricket. I can't remember. It's those things that cut out the vinyl. And I would make things with that, like t-shirts to wear to school because we could wear holiday shirts or monogram things. So I would make t-shirts. It was really, really fun. My mother does. Stuff Again, like I don't have those anymore, but so much fun. So look, I did have hobbies. Well, Paula from, oh, Kill? I don't know how to say that. I don't know where that is. She says, my one and only hobby is community theater. I did a little theater in high school, but I didn't pursue it after college as I had a career and three children to take care of. After my girls were grown, I needed something to fill up my time. A local theater was seeking people to audition for The Wizard of Oz. I nervously auditioned and got the role of Auntie M. I was both elated and terrified at the same time. Opening night was amazing. As the curtains opened, my knees were knocking as I counted the chicks, but I immediately calmed down. 
By the end of the show, I was experiencing a high I've never felt before, and I was bitten badly by the acting bug. I've been doing community theater at several local theaters ever since, and I have started writing short one-act plays and have seen them performed on stages throughout my area. That is so thrilling. It is so much fun pretending to be someone else just for a little while. If anyone is interested, all they have to do is look up local community theaters in their area and find their web pages. They will list upcoming shows and projects and calls for additions. Anyone can be a star. You know, that really is true. I did um, some theater. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> Everybody's learning a lot of stuff about Jen today and realized I used to have a lot of hobbies. But when I was a little girl, my mother was a dance teacher, obviously, but she worked for the Lynchburg Fine Arts Center, which had like everything under one roof. It had, you know, art. You could learn how to paint. You could do ceramics, anything. But they also had dance. She taught the dance. And then they had a theater department, like a full theater. And my, um, she ended up marrying the technical director. He was, that's how they met. But we, they met when we were doing Fiddler on the Roof. I was in Fiddler on the Roof. I had a role in that. And so I did several plays. And because we were always hanging around the Fine Arts Center. So I was like, well, I might as well try for the plays. I was in several plays. Well, I worked for our local theater, but I worked. I was all about making money, not volunteering in them. (laughs) (laughs) I was 14 and I was just, I was already in work mode. Yeah, I get it. I was in the plays. It was a lot of fun. All right. Julie from Big Birch Lake, Minnesota says, pickleball for sure. My husband was opposed, as were so many of my friends, but now we have a group we call Dinks and Drinks, and we go dink the ball around, then go out for margaritas. So that's my kind of fun there, Julie. She said, we've gotten our kids into it, and we played as a family a lot during COVID shutdowns. It's a sport, but it's also social, and the playing field is really leveled much more than tennis. We are military and can play at almost any base. We also have a net, and we will have chalk to set up our own courts if needed. We measure the kitchen, which is the no volley zone, as the length of my brother-in-law, so he will lie down and we just chalk up that distance. We just buy the cheap paddles off Amazon. We have found the pickleball community to be so fun, but I will add there are some grumpy old people that play and don't want us younger types to creep (laughs) on their courts. We try to win them over with our charm and margaritas. Give it a shot. I've actually, who was telling me about that with pickleball the other day? Well, you had, that friend in Augusta, Michelle, played pickleball a lot. She did, but someone was just telling me about this the other day about pickleball and that some they had like two different leagues and some of them were crabby. And because they really took it seriously. So it was like the crabby league that took it super seriously and you were not going to have any messing around. And then plus the like the hobbyists. I would want to be in the hobbyist side of it. My friends and I used to bowl at noon on Mondays back in Kansas City, and we bowled with the blue hairs. I mean, that's who was out bowling at noon on Mondays, and they took it so seriously. And we were just there because, like, kids were in school. It was totally social fun for us. And yeah, we some of the ladies didn't like our our team very much because well, I get we it. were too much fun. I get it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was my friend Chris that was telling me that. <laughs> She's part of the Delayed On Tonight community. And she comes and sits on the beach and we hang out at the beach, which is a that's lot of fun. fun. I think that's who was telling me that. But I do want to learn to play pickleball. I just I thought they had it in this neighborhood, but I don't think they do. I've never heard of it since I've been here. So anyway. Well, Joanna from Montreal 
She says, as a PE teacher, soon to retire in March, it is easy for me to say any physical activity is good for you. I'm glad that you're asking this question because I like to spread the word for living a healthy intermittent fasting, in parentheses, and active lifestyle. Daily physical activity doesn't mean high-intensity workouts every day. For most people, it can be a daily walk, like one mile to start. Then you may want to count your steps and get up to 10,000 steps a day or every other day. Use the phone app to count or your smartwatch. For myself, I have two main activities, tennis and swimming. I used to be an elite swimmer, but that was many years ago. I still love the water. Swimming is for life, so is tennis. I see players well into their 80s and 90s on the courts, enjoying doubles play. I know, Jen, that you started Aquafit, you call it water aerobics, and that is the perfect activity to start back into the pool. No impact and water is therapeutic and gentle on the joints. Tennis is fun, a bit addictive, my adult children say. There is always a tennis court nearby, a club where you can join, and you can even play in a recreational league or a competitive one. When we travel to the USA, I have made new friends at tennis courts. We need to be active, but it has to be fun too. That's what I completely believe. If you're forcing yourself to do something and you don't like it, stop doing that thing. You've got to really have fun with it. That's what I think. Everything's, life is too short not to enjoy what you're doing. 100%. All right. So a listener called Boston RN says, riding the Peloton bike. She said, I started in April of 2021 and now have a 77-week streak of exercise. I ride two to three times a week, and it is absolutely my therapy. I'm married to a good guy who works hard. I am a nurse. I share the responsibility with my five siblings to care for my mom who suffers with dementia. I have three girls, one out of college and two still in college. I have a crazy busy schedule balancing it all, but doing Peloton helps me through it. The app is a wonderful guide. It is such a community. The instructors are so good, and they know just what to say to support you. Sometimes I do a 20 or 30-minute ride. Other times I'm doing a challenging bike boot camp. And then there are days I do a 10-minute ride just to clear my head. I do strength training with light weights that come with the bike. On the app, they have yoga that I enjoy and meditations, short or long, that are so relaxing. I often listen to them in bed to help fall asleep at night. That's my hobby. That's my me time. I know people love their Peloton bikes. They do, and they love the community. That's so important. So Beth Pierce from Columbia, Mississippi, she said, my hobby is taking videos of me doing yoga daily and posting it on my Instagram page. Beth, I'm going to have to find your Instagram page. She said, the fun part is doing yoga everywhere I go. I tried to do videos in beautiful parks, in front of historic monuments, in front of beautiful flowers, etc. I take my tripod and yoga mat with me on trips, and I'm always on the lookout for a pretty location. This has taught me to look for beautiful murals, pretty vistas, etc., and to be fearless and ignore the what would people say kind of thoughts. It keeps me active, and the yoga community on Instagram is very supportive. You can see what I do at Daily Yoga with Beth on Instagram. I've been doing it daily for going on four years, and I started doing this at age 60. It's such a fun hobby. I love that. And the part I love the most is that it's taught her to to be fearless and not to care what people think. And it's keeping her to find these special places all around wherever she is. She's got her eye out looking for a special. Yeah, I love that so much. And that's breaking up the monotony too. I mean, she gets to do yoga in a new place all the time. I love that. 
All right, Shannon from Tomball says, I love to bake and my family and coworkers appreciate it as well. I'm not a great cook, although I'm getting better, but I am a nice baker. I've heard Jen say that she'll get her dinner kits and then do whatever she wants with the ingredients, creating something (laughs) unique. Yes, that is a fact. (laughs) She said, I'm not like that at all. I like to follow a recipe and with baking, precision is important to get the right texture. So when I have a great recipe, the dessert is always a hit. A favorite for anyone that I bake for is our chocolate chip cookies. They're a mix of soft and crispy with just a slight hint of salt. So my tip to the baking beginner is follow the recipe. This is not the time to get creative. I get it, Shannon. (laughs) She said another tip is to share the goodies with others. Don't keep them in your house where you're tempted to have a morsel every time you walk by. I think that's a great tip. Make them, have one, give them to a friend. That was from me. (laughs) Share the love. Absolutely. All right, Debbie. Oh, Debbie taught me how to pronounce her name on our last month's video chat. Is it Bugizia? Bugizia? Bugiz- I don't remember. Okay, Debbie, sorry. You're going to have to teach us again. I think it's Debbie Bugizia. And she said, my favorite hobby is iPhone photography. I typically take photos of flowers and my two cats. My local grocery store always has a beautiful display of flowers and seasonal items outside their main entrance. I started by reading the guide on how to take photos on Apple's website plus the tips app on the phone. I love to play around with the portrait mode for the cats. I've gotten some really great photos of them both. I suggest leaving portrait off at first. Just play with your pets and take a bunch of photos. Then try portrait mode and you'll get some great photos all while having fun. My second newer hobby is digital planning on my iPad. There are lots of options on Etsy. There are all kinds of dated and undated planners and thousands of styles. It's a good time to try a planner as 2022 ones are only a couple of dollars. There are a lot of ideas on Etsy for journaling, tracking the books you've read, scrapbooking formats, budgeting, tracking exercises, water, anything you want to track. If you're interested, open the Etsy app on your iPad and search digital planning or digital notes. And it's amazing what's available. Very cool. I never would have thought of that. All right. Megan from Richmond says, gardening, reading, cooking, kayaking, Pilates, dog sports, horses, hikes, and meditation. She said, just start. That's my advice. Welcome the beginner's mind and let yourself embrace not knowing. The journey of learning is so fulfilling. And you know what? I love that, Megan, because that is Chad's problem welcome the beginner's mind with things like he doesn't want to like uh, fishing for example he wants to be an expert fisherman on day one we used to go to the lake we would go to the lake that was you know about 45 minutes from augusta and take the boat up there now you know we're here and it's a different kind of fishing there's a river nearby the waccamaw river people boat there there's the inlet merle's inlet he's like i don't know how to do that kind of fishing Every time we are anywhere where someone is fishing, when we're walking on the beach together, we see people fishing. He always stops and talks to them. What you got? What you fishing with? Always. When we're on a pier, he always stops. And I'm like, I think you would enjoy that. He's like, yeah, I don't know how to do it here. Hmm. I wonder if there's anybody that teaches the style of fishing there. Maybe you could buy him private teaching lessons? I don't know. I don't Well, really what I should do is buy them like on a boat. Like at, like they do have like charter where they'll take people out to go fishing on a boat. That's probably what I should do. I should just get him something like that. Because he's just like, I don't know how to do that. 
kind of fishing. And like he's afraid. Whereas I'm like, I don't even care. I'll just do it. If I'm doing it wrong, who cares? I will say Eric, he'll say, I don't know how to do something. And then when I think he's not doing anything about solving the problem, and I'll say, I told you that I need help with this three days ago and you haven't done anything. And he says, I'm still researching it. And I didn't realize what a researcher he is. And he's watching videos on YouTube and he's reading articles and he doesn't want to start something until he's confident yeah. that he knows how to do it. There are a lot of people like that, but but I like what Megan said with embracing that beginner's mind. And I've always been a jump in head first kind of person for things. Just <laughs> do it. I'm kind of the same way. I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Marie Forleo. I love her. Well, I, you know what I loved about what Megan wrote is that she's very well-rounded. I've been noticing everybody, it's either like artistic, like creative. Or exercise. Like sewing or cooking or or it's outdoor or it's exercise, right? It's either physical hobbies or like creative hobbies. And she's got a good mix of both of them. She does. Yep. So Becky from Paradise, Pennsylvania, she said, one of my favorite hobbies is weaving. I have two looms and I enjoy weaving daily. I also volunteer at a weaving school near me called Redstone Glen Fiber Art Center. The teachers there are just awesome and so knowledgeable. They also write for Handwoven Magazine and amazing people. I love it. I got started by a number of odd twists. Way back in 1977, I bought a four-shaft loom at Penn State during my senior year in college. I had no idea how to weave. When I graduated, I took it home to my parents where it sat in my bedroom as I moved on with getting married, having kids, renovating houses, going back to school, and so forth. There was no time for learning weaving for sure. My dad, being an engineer, became fascinated with the loom sitting in his home and he started weaving. He used parts of my loom to build one he made himself. He read about weaving, he experimented with weaving, and finally he found Manning's Weaving School and took a beginning weaving class, which was five days long. He purchased a new loom and he was hooked on it. He continued to take occasional classes at the weaving school, which coincidentally was close to my home, so he and my mom would come and stay with us while he took classes. My initial interest grew and grew as I watched him learning weaving. As my dad aged, he got Parkinson's disease, and he became pretty shaky. By then, our kids were grown, so I decided to take beginning weaving at the school where he had gone so I could understand the weaving process and help him warp, slay, and thread his loom so that he could continue his weaving. I took one class and I was hooked. I took the beginning weaving class and then I took many other weaving classes and I purchased a loom and began my own weaving obsession, which has only grown. As I approached retirement and my children graduated from college, I was able to spend much more time learning and weaving. Then the Manning Weaving School closed. Oh no. However, the teacher, Tom and his daughter, Sarah, decided to open their own school, Redstone Glen Fiber Art Center, not far from my home. As I had taken several classes from them over the years, I asked Sarah if I could volunteer at their school when I retired. I really just wanted to help support this fledgling school. Also, I just loved everything about being there, the people, the classes, the students, and helping to set up looms for classes or do whatever was needed as it's a fun volunteer job. As I stay so motivated to continue my own weaving journey, I was able to help my dad continue weaving until he was about 94 and he loved it. I could set up his loom and he could weave his projects. I could finish them by hemming them and so forth. Now his great-grandchildren all have weaving projects that he made them, placemats, tea towels, table runners, and so forth. 
He passed this year at age 96, but the saga continues. My dad and mom had a live-in home helper, and she developed a love of weaving by helping my dad at his loom as he became less able. Now that my dad has passed, she is still there taking care of my mom. The loom is still at their home, and she is learning to weave. I am teaching her when I visit weekly. Also, my sister recently retired, and she wanted to learn to weave. Now she is weaving. I have a four-shaft loom and an eight-shaft loom. There is not a day that goes by that I don't do some kind of weaving. It is so fun and relaxing to me, and I found it very comforting this year when my dad passed. Also, I had my best friend and another friend all pass within a few weeks of each other, but weaving and setting up weaving projects was very meditative and healing for me. Most times when weaving, it just makes me happy. I love bright colors. I love various weave structures. And mostly, I love to give away the things I weave. It all just gives me such joy. Being with other weavers makes me happy. Encouraging people to weave and helping them makes me happy too. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that it shows that, I mean, whoever thought of weaving? I don't know. But when I was reading that, I was like, huh does sound very therapeutic and I might really like it. It's physical. You're moving, you're thinking, your brain has to stay active. Becky, thank you so much for sharing your dad with us and, and that story about how you got started to support him. And I just imagine, I mean, that is using your body, your hands, dexterity, your brain. That has got to be good for brain I know. health. That's got to be so good for you. A hundred percent. Yeah, that it what a great contribution. Thank you for that. So we have so many hobbies that we're going to need to do a part two. Do we have time, do you think, to do one more or yeah, two more? Yeah, let's do one more. One more? All right. So we have Jen Barber. She said, one of my favorite hobbies is going kayaking. We live in Northwest Arkansas, and there are several places we can go float. My husband had been fishing from his kayak for a while, and we were looking for a hobby we could do together. We bought kayaks and gear from Academy and got started. Whether it's a quick float at a local lake or a float down the river as we soak up all nature has to offer, it's a great way to spend the day. I wonder if I could get Chad involved and in, interested in that. Well, you know I love kayaking and I have a couple yeah, you of you know I love it too. But it is, some people might be solo people. They might like to go out and kayak by themselves. I am not one of those people. I get really bored. <laughs> I have to have somebody to talk to. And I can't ever get my husband to go. It says it hurts his back. So funny enough, just today, somebody is selling a really nice kayak on Facebook Marketplace that has a really nice seat and it's gear, it's set up for fishing. And my husband loves to fish. And so I've actually been talking to this guy off and on today, and I'm going to try to surprise my husband with a new kayak. Oh, so then we can both get out on the river. I mean, we live a block from the river, so. Exactly. And we have so many waterways around here. And I didn't know you could fish from a kayak. Oh, yeah. They have special fishing kayaks. Yeah, I had no idea. So we have a whole lot more. I'm like feeling inspired by these these hobbies. I am too. Yeah. And I'm like, my hobby is so boring. I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's podcasting. It's not boring at all. But now I'm like wishing I was doing more stuff. So I'm going to be paying attention and seeing what I can find to do. So before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the Life Lessons VIP community, which is on Circle. You can interact with me and with Sherry in a private online community. You can also connect with other listeners and community members. The most fun are the monthly Zoom hangouts that we're having. I try to make it to all of them when I can, but Sherry is always there. So you can join us in the VIP community by going to 
lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. And you can choose your monthly membership contribution, either $4.99 or $9.99. You do not get more for the $9.99 versus the $4.99. You're just helping support the podcast more. You can also change to a different tier at the end of any month. Choose the option that feels like the right value to you. If you get a lot of value from the podcast each week, we would love to have you help support the podcast. You know, a lot of podcasts do this through Patreon or other platforms like that, but we decided to use Circle because that's where the Delayed on Tonight community is. And if you're like, I have enough going on, I don't have time to go into another place, you do not ever have to visit the community you can just go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP just to support the podcast. And that would help us out a lot. Oh, and let me just say though, if you want to join the community and you want to participate in the monthly chats, what you would want to do is go in and turn on your email notifications because that's how you're going to know whether or not I, when I have set up a video chat, I make a post usually a couple a month. So if nothing else, there's not like hundreds of posts, but if nothing else, set up your email, turn on your email notifications in the live feed. And then you'll see when we have some chatter about upcoming video chats. Oh yeah. That's a great tip so that people won't miss it. So now it's time for our listener-led lesson. It could be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. And today's listener-led lesson comes from Desiree. Desiree says, did you know that aluminum foil has many uses besides cooking and storing food? For instance, you can sharpen scissors by folding several layers of foil and using the scissors to cut it into shreds. I had no idea. Did you know that? I did not either. Cutting foil will sharpen your scissors? It makes sense. My mind is blown. I have a cut on my finger. I'm going to show it to you. Can you see it? I got that (laughs) very sharp scissors. I was trying to open the Christmas tree box and went whoop. Anyway, my finger was bleeding. I need less sharp scissors. All right. Desiree (laughs) says you can fold and roll foil into a funnel to transfer liquids. Okay. That is another great idea. Because literally recently we were at the beach cottage and I was trying to put olive oil from one bottle into another one. And Chad said, where's our funnel? And I said, not at this house. We could have just made one with tinfoil. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Duh. Next time I'll do it and Chad will be impressed. I won't tell him where I got the idea. Just MacGyver MacGyver that. MacGyver it. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) She said, you can use foil to create a lantern using a jar and some type of clean burning oil, such as olive or paraffin oil, fill the jar, make a hole in the foil for the wick to go through, and then cover the jar with the foil. The foil will work to illuminate the light. Use wadded up aluminum foil to clean baked on food from baking pans and cast iron, and even to clean the grate of your barbecue grill. If you tear a strip of foil and wrap it around the top of a banana stem, it will slow the bananas ripening, making them last longer. Line a painting tray with foil to make cleanup a breeze. Simply discard the foil when you're done painting. And last, nobody loves to clean the oven. Cover the bottom of your oven with foil to help keep it clean and eliminate more frequent cleanings. All of those are such good ideas. I've got some good ones in my own. I'm going to remember to use the foil. So listeners, you know how we're always asking you to send in submissions. We need some more listener-led lessons. We're getting close to the bottom of our submission list. So literally anything you could think of. It, remember, it could be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything. Send them in to us at connect 
at lifelessonscommunity.com. We really, really need your listener-led lessons because this is like my, one of my favorite parts of the whole episode is the listener-led lesson. And I mean, listen, who doesn't love money-saving tips? So if you come across a good money-saving tip, send it in. Anything, any kind of lesson, anything that you would like to just share with us, send it. So at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from S.M. Mason from Augusta, Georgia. Hello, you know this Augusta. No, I don't know S.M. <laughs> Mason, but hello. I do not live in Augusta anymore. <laughs> Former neighbor. Yep. The quote is, some people let the past decide who they are, while others make it a part of what they will do. This reminds me that it's important to not get caught up in the past. Mistakes happen. Sometimes we get hurt. Don't obsess over why things went wrong or how to go back and fix it. Figure out what you'll do better next time. Don't obsess over mending bridges with people that hurt you over and over again. Trust your instincts. Block that person. Burn down that damn bridge and move on with your best self lessons learned. I love that. I mean, that really is true. You know that quote, if somebody shows you who they are over and over again, believe them. Yeah. That's what that made me that reminded me of that. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Because people rarely do a lot of changing. I mean, sometimes they do as they, as they grow. I mean, we all change. So I don't want to say that people don't change. We all do change as we grow. But if someone is doing a lot of hurtful things over and over again, they're probably not going to change. Unless they really want to take ownership and make changes on their end, then yeah. You're just beating your head up against a brick wall. So, well, I love anyway. That. Figure out what you'll do better next time. Learn from the past and not repeating those same mistakes again. All right. So, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to join us in the Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 a month. Your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And we would also love for you to leave a five-star review that helps us reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye.